Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, That Time When Edition. Now, of course, it is the Azerbaijan Grand Prix this weekend, and we thought we'd reflect not too far back, but to 2017, where we had an absolute banger of a race. Now, joining me, of course, in your ears is the wonderful team, no, not team, just WTF1, WTF1 team, founder, I don't know, you've just, I've just made that up on the spot, Tommy, messed it up a little bit, but how are you? I'm good, what a race this was, and it's not that long ago, but I guess five years, some people might might be new to the sport and not know, but it's a, a good one to relive. Yeah, well, five years ago, it does feel like it was quite a long time ago, this uh, absolute worldie of a race, but let's let's reflect back five years to what Formula One was like back then. Uh, and Nico Rosberg was, in fact, the reigning champion, but decided uh, not to race anymore. Uh, he retired at the end of the season in 2016 and uh, just hung up his gloves and was like, thank you very much. I'll have the title. And uh, that meant we didn't have uh, a reigning champion on the grid. Can you remember the last time that actually happened, Tommy? Oh, you put me on the spot there. Know, I'm, I'm assuming you are it the would, glossary. It would must have been 1994. Uh, four when Prost retired. There you go. Cool. See, look, I don't even know if that's <laughs> right or not, but it sounds right. Uh, you said it with enough confidence. Um, but yeah, of course, the Rosberg wasn't racing. Uh, there were new regulations uh, put in place to make the cars wider with more downforce, uh, which you would imagine probably on the face of it isn't the best thing to make the cars wider. No. <laughs> um, and that's uh, the reason why moving forward now into the newer era of car in 2026, they're making it narrower again, right? Because Wider cars doesn't necessarily mean better racing. No, the whole point of the 2017 cars, they were just like, we want them really quick. They need to be super fast. And they were incredibly quick and they looked incredibly cool, especially after, if you look at a 2016 car with the really narrow wings, the skinny tires, um, they almost look like little toy cars almost. Um, <laughs> and then they had these, these cars that looked really cool, but maybe weren't the best for racing. Yeah, making the F1 cars as quick as possible doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get good racing. Um, right. Anyway, with this, this particular race was an absolute uh, ridiculous, crazy race. Um, and Ferrari were, in fact, in the title fight at this point. Mercedes had some competition. This was, of course, the year, Tommy, where there was all kinds of talk about Ferrari's engine. Is that right? Uh, and, not yet. That, no, not, that was 2019. Been, sorry, that yeah. was 2019. 2017, they were legitimately there with Vettel and Raikkonen at the helm. Yeah, because a lot of people thought it was going to be Red Bull because essentially they changed it to be more aero-dependent, if you like. So that normally is a sign of Red Bull and Adrian Newey, but it was Ferrari that were that kind of got it right. And it was nice to have some competition because Merck had obviously, the previous three years, 2014, 2015, 2016, it was literally just a case of you you cannot win unless you're in a Mercedes or a Mercedes both Mercedes retire. It was, they were so far clear where this was nice to have, you know, and not especially because Rosbeck retired as well. So he didn't even have that inter team battle anymore. So 
yeah, a title fight between two different teams. And right. Yes, so uh, Bottas entered the uh, fray at Mercedes, didn't he? And uh, was doing okay, uh, as yeah, to be said. Did, did pretty well this first year before yeah. he got probably demoralised being Hamilton's <laughs> teammate. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but it's safe to say in 2017 it was refreshing to have somebody, another team, uh, fighting Mercedes. Uh, and at this point, Vettel actually led the World Championship ahead of Hamilton uh, by 11 points going into the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Uh, now, the track going into this as well, everyone, including probably ourselves, Tommy, uh, had kind of written off Baku as this awful race. No, over like there was just no action at all in 2016. Um, and, you know, we'll be forgiven for, for kind of jumping to conclusions a little bit because 2016 was awful. Uh, but, <laughs> just a bit. Yeah. But my God, did it flip over for this year? Uh, 2017, not this year, is it 22? Maybe, maybe 2022 as well. Who knows? Hopefully, well, hopefully it doesn't go back the other way. But I mean, yeah, 2016 was dreadful. It was a Rosberg led from start to finish, not a popular race, not really much going on. It was one of those things where you saw the castle section and you thought this is going to be absolute carnage. And I think the F2 race was absolute carnage and there were loads of red flags. I mean, I missed this whole weekend because I was at Le Mans and it was the year where Toyota broke down on the final lap and it was super dramatic. So I kind of missed all of this. Uh, and it sounds like I didn't miss much from watching the highlights and hearing the fan reaction because, uh, yeah, not not a banger, not, not even a good race. Uh, and it was actually the European Grand Prix that year. So I guess that's a good way for Azerbaijan to just pretend that one didn't exist. What a, <laughs> what a race the Azerbaijan Grand Prix is, but we've had bangers every year. Yeah, they've tried to delete it from history, 2016. Um, and it's such an important race, isn't it? The first uh, Grand Prix around a track. That, you know, that all eyeballs are on it. It's a new track. There's excitement for it. And then for it to be as bad as it was in 2016 was, was not good. But it all turned around in 2017. But not very, not, not in qualifying. Uh, Hamilton uh, got pole position by an absolute mile. Uh, and there wasn't much hope again for, for, for 2017 to be an exciting race. Um, and also worth mentioning, Daniel Ricciardo, who was with Red Bull, crashed in Q3, so started 10th. 10th might actually be a good grid spot for Daniel these days. Um, <laughs> savage. I know, sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm doing savage Tommy these days. But yeah, uh, Ricciardo was, in fact, a front runner in that Red Bull, right? <clears throat> he was, yeah. Uh, I mean, there wasn't much hope of excitement, like you said, because Hamilton was half a second clear of Bottas. And then there were a whole second clear of Ferrari in third and fourth. So it had easy, boring Mercedes 1-2 written all over it. But it wasn't, was it? It was <laughs> not, not absolute quite. carnage. Uh, yes. So at the race start, there was just complete chaos uh, from the beginning. Uh, Carlos Sainz spun at turn one. Bottas and Raikkonen then collide, fighting uh, for P2 at the time. Uh, and then Bottas got a puncture, which forced him all the way to the back of the field. And in fact, actually a lap down as well. So... <laughs> just carnage from the get-go yeah definitely the i mean kvyat basically it all started for science because kvyat his teammate went off this was when science was at Rosso, and he went off in the uh dare i say the hamilton runoff if it can be called that now uh at turn one and came back on the track quite an unsafe release uh like like coming back onto the track and it kind of spooked science's teammate as he came back on the track and he just lost the car and spun off. But the main drama was obviously 
Bottas and Raikkonen first and second. It's a, it's a classic back here lap one, tight 90 degree turn. Two doesn't go into one and they just collided and Kimi dropped down the order with damage. But Bottas had an absolute nightmare because he had, if you remember Alonso the year after, uh, not quite that dramatic. He had only one puncture, but he had to make it all the way back to the pits with one puncture, uh, which put him, yeah, like a lap down and seemingly his race over. But it was carnage, so it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's also worth mentioning as well, Vettel, I think it was, nearly just spears into the back of uh, Bottas in turn one as well. It was so tight yeah, uh, through there. But I guess these drivers, you know, very much getting used to, um, racing around the streets of Baku for the first time. And uh, yeah, Bottas had an absolute stinker of a start. His front right was punctured and you, you would think that's game over, isn't it? Especially being a lap down, like there's 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 no hope. Um, but yeah, as you say, it was very much uh, turn two, wasn't it? Um, the 90 degree left-hander, Bottas on the inside, just washes a little bit wide, smashes into the uh, left rear of Raikkonen and pretty much um, you'd think game over. And Carlos Sainz, yeah, had, just such an odd spin, didn't he? It was just like oh. got scared by his teammate being near him, and then yeah. just spun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, interesting start to the race for sure. Uh, so the early stages was that Lewis Hamilton led from Sebastian Vettel, and Perez had a great start uh, in the Force India. Uh, remember back then as well, for, uh, Perez just loved having a great midfield drive, didn't he? <laughs> uh, in that in that Force India, um, yeah, crazy race equaled Perez just in the mix somehow he just he just loves it absolutely loved it um so yeah uh, it, actually i think danny rick also went for a, an early pit stop didn't he uh, at the uh, at the start and, and gambled on um, a different tire strategy uh, and then started to try and come through the field um also worth mentioning yet yeah, as well that actually had debris from his brakes wasn't it that was the reason why he pitted early but then it also put him onto a different strategy yeah it seemed like it was a maybe a bit of a miserable weekend continuing because he rejoined in 17th and the fact that he pitted with debris not you don't you don't want to be pitting that early but it obviously ended up being quite an inspired move in the end uh and then yeah back to Sergio Perez I mean he loves Baku doesn't he He was on the podium for Force India 2016 ended up there racing point 2018 uh and then he was up there this year as well in in P3 just loves the place Absolutely loving life. Um, so yeah, moving on from there, uh, we had our first safety car on lap 12, I believe it was. And uh, there was an engine issue for Kvyat and an engine issue for Verstappen from P4 on the same lap. Heartbreak. Yes. Uh, yeah, for... Verstappen's year. That was the year that Verstappen became a bit... It was him and Alonso, I think, uh, both became a meme because they just had so many DX. DNFs from reliability problems. Uh, this was Verstappen's fourth DNF in six races. <laughs> so he got on the radio and was basically just like, oh, great, here we go again. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of drivers you can say this about, but in hindsight, probably an easy win if he'd have, uh, his engine hadn't conked out. But back yeah. things. Ifs and buts, eh? Yeah. Uh, but with the safety car coming out for the first time, you'd think everyone is all calm and collected, all lovely. <laughs> you know, safety yeah, think so. is the paramount of safety car. Uh, but in fact, it was the unfolding 
of one of the most God, just strangest, maybe controversial, you could say, incident uh, between Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton, where coming round, I'd say, what, three, four corners from the end, that really difficult, horrible left-hander where the wall greets you before another left-hander, and then you're basically onto the long straight. Uh, Hamilton went quite slowly, didn't he? He was, he was back in the pack-up or wasn't doing anything particularly abnormal, but went quite slowly. And Vettel yeah. just drove into the back of him. And uh, that wasn't the end of it because he then pulled to one side and fancied telling Lewis Hamilton just how angry he is. And whether it was intentional or not, we will never know. Uh, he collided with Hamilton, very, not exactly a huge collision because it was very slow speed, but it was still a, a bump, wasn't it? And yeah, that did still... not go down well. Yeah, it was still, however slow speed, it's still, I guess you could argue, essentially like using his car as a as a weapon if you like to sort of tell Hamilton he wasn't happy because the first incident Hamilton yeah hit the brakes quite hard but there was no no wrongdoing to be found to just slowing down for a slow corner backing up the pack like he's allowed to do uh, because safety car restarts are crazy in Baku uh, and it's not an easy place to be first at in a back restart. But then when Vettel hit the back of him, he got on the radio saying, thinking that Hamilton had brake tested him and he just saw saw red straight away, pulled up alongside his car, turned the wheel, and they just banged wheels. Um, quite a nothing, you know, no, no huge damage or anything like that, but it was more just quite a shocking display of, yeah, just anger and from a from a world champion as well that that's not not known for that sort of thing he just had a big yeah just saw saw red and made a big error of judgment which skipping ahead slightly he did apologize for uh later down the line and essentially admitted that you know it wasn't his finest moment no it wasn't every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Um, and, you know, we, uh, we moved on from that and... Uh, the safety car restart, well, the sa- safety cars usually breed more safety cars, and this was definitely the, ca- the case in uh, in Baku, wasn't it, where Ocon and Perez, hmm, let's talk about them, <laughs> shall we? Yeah. They uh, they absolutely loved colliding, didn't they, those two? And it got, yeah. it got pretty bad between those two. Yeah, I think this was the first one, I believe. Yeah. Would have been, yeah, because quite early in the season in 2017, but it did get bad towards the end of their relationship, didn't it? It was uh, they the team very much had to step in. You know, there was that big incident, or not? Well, near incident in in Spa, uh, which is well, the actually, thing that... I have just remembered something. There was the controversy beforehand. I've just got I've just gone to check that this was the case. There was the controversy in the previous race because Ocon was absolutely flying, and Sergio uh, potentially could have got a podium and was quicker than Perez. And Perez ignored team orders, didn't let him through, uh, even though he was on a better strategy. Uh, and 
there was controversy there because uh, Perez had ignored the team's request to allow his faster teammate Ocon past and challenged Ricardo for the last podium spot. So he'd kind of denied the team of podium. So there was already a bit of beef going into this race. Uh, and beef, then it, and and then the it beef boiled over. grew larger, didn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, with exactly the same corner as where Raikkonen and uh, Bottas uh, came to blows. Uh, Ocon just shoved it up the inside, didn't he, uh, at that corner? Kind of moved the car over to the right. And obviously there is a wall over to the right. And there was contact and it and all hell just broke loose, didn't it? Yeah, Ocon just did, didn't need to squeeze his teammate. I don't know if he, he just felt a little like he wanted to leave a little bit more in and send a message to his teammate after what had happened before. But he didn't need to do that. Uh, and the fact that he just he made Perez just end up in a closing gap with the wall. And these are, these are another two that you can... That there are, like I said, a lot of people that can have this argument that it's not outrageous that these two could have even ended up with a one-two or at the very least a podium. Uh, but yeah, crashing into each other. Ocon um, dropped down with a puncture. Prez was out, but not out, as we find out later. And then Raikkonen had a puncture as well and was out, but not out. But not out. <laughs> <laughs> and that was because the red flag came out. Uh, due to debris on lap 22. Uh, and then there was another very famous moment uh, with Kimi Raikkonen, where he was, was he, he's being pushed down the pit lane and he needed his steering wheel and gloves and they weren't giving it to him. Yeah. Uh, so there was that very famous uh, team radio uh, of gloves, steering wheel, give, tell them to give him to, uh, give them to me uh, stuff. And just a, getting a pure, really angry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was getting very uh, anxious wasn't he that he was going to start the race without steer- a steering wheel or gloves um, but he did eventually get it and it was just a, a quality Kimi Raikkonen moment this, this race just full of memes really uh, was. and Kimi was the uh, flagship meme man wasn't yeah, he definitely. Uh, at, at this time uh, so when with the red flag it wasn't actually a standing start was it it was a safety car yeah so this was before they had the standing start uh restart rule which probably <laughs> probably wouldn't made things a lot calmer in Baku because we mentioned the wider cars but slipstream the, the thing, yeah the the wider cars we've seen what what these new cars sorry they're not new anymore but those cars what happened in Monza for example the slipstream is so big that and and this was a prime example of it that the wider cars crazy slipstream and the safety car restarts were just absolutely bonkers. So the fact that they were always rolling starts, it almost just, you were just guaranteed minimum overtake, if not a little more carnage every yeah. single time there was a restart. A standing start would have literally time. been safer, wouldn't it? It literally yeah. would have been safer. Uh, yeah. The, the shorter run down towards turn one. Uh, but the that after the red flag, that safety car restart with the slipstream produced one of the best overtakes we'll see in terms of last of the late breakers from Mr. Daniel Ricardo, wasn't it? Up the inside, pretty much four wide with two Williams and Hulkenberg and gets himself up to P3, bearing in mind we were speaking about him being in 17th not that long ago. Yeah. By, by lap 25, not even halfway through the race, he's up to P3 uh, after doing a, th- <laughs> a triple overtake into turn one. Yeah, the, the fact that the back is straight is so wide as well. And then 
you can get four, five, six cars wide if you wanted to. But yeah, it was a four wide moment. The order on the safety car restart was Hamilton, Vettel, Massa and Stroll for Williams uh, in third and fourth. Uh, Ricardo fifth, Hulkenberg sixth. But Ricardo, had, sorry, Hulkenberg had kind of got Ricardo um, from his slipstream. And then Ricardo was like, I'm going to send it on all of you. And he was actually side by side with Stroll and Hulkenberg. Uh, went to sort of outbreak them and then just thought, you know what, I'm going to outbreak all of them uh, and just, yeah, out, just outbreaked three cars uh, and absolutely unbelievable send. And then uh, the very next lap, actually, Magnussen did a almost a forgotten move uh, because of how good Ricardo's was, but it was a similar overtake where he, he'd got Massa and Hulkenberg uh, only a pathetic two cars in one move, that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, only joking, a double overtake. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Rubbish. But yeah. Now, with the uh, chaotic races, we should probably mention uh, a man who holds a record that nobody wants, and that's the <laughs> most races without a podium uh, for Mr. Nika Hulkenberg. Now, this was very much a door slightly ajar, you'd, you'd say, wouldn't you, for a potential podium with the amount of crashes and chaos that's going on. Uh, but then Hulkenberg makes that mistake pretty, I think pretty much on the same lap, I think is all of this going on um, just before the castle section. He just gets on the curb a little bit too aggressively and then just breaks his front right suspension as he turns in too early. And it, I mean, looking back at that, you think, wow, like it genuinely, was it something playing on his mind? Because that's such an odd error to make that, you know, yeah, you completely kind of unforced, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, completely unforced error. And yeah, just Hulkenberg, just traditions, him being in a, this could be the race gets a podium and then something, he, he crashes or spins off or something. And yeah, just terrible. Yes. Yeah, uh, you can't even be like, he's unlucky because it was, it was literally his fault. Like he just, it's hard to watch. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll regret a few moments in his career. But, you know, he had, he had a very strong, uh, midfield outing a lot of the time. A lot of the time when there wasn't a crazy race, he'd finish seventh uh, yeah. behind the three the three teams. He just didn't have uh, the luck uh, of the draw a little bit as well. Uh, now, you think, oh, that's a lot of chaos for one race. It's only halfway, half race distance. Maybe it'll calm down. Oh, no, it did not. And also, before we get into this, worth mentioning that Massa was uh, having a great race uh, and then started dropping back with an issue and eventually retired with a broken suspension. So that was sad yeah. for, for another, Felipe. Another driver that could have won the race. Yeah. <laughs> adding that's, to the that's list. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. For Williams, yeah. So the insanity continues because you'd think, okay, Hamilton maybe just about has Vettel under wraps. And because uh, obviously Vettel was able to change his front wing and, you know, it was pretty much a level playing field. But Hamilton looked like he was uh, going to be okay for the victory until his headrest was like, nah, I'm out. <laughs> And the strangest thing ever watching the onboard or just the, the slight offboard is like a back left camera and just seeing his headrest uh, on the straights, especially just lifting. And of course, with something as dangerous as that, if that comes loose, he has to come in and pit and get that fixed. So all of a sudden I remember us all sat, sat watching thinking, right. So hold on. Hamilton's going to have to pit Vettel's got a penalty or going to get a penalty at this point. We thought it wasn't actually given at the time, was it? It was kind of like delayed and we didn't know what he was yeah. going to get. So we're all just trying to work out who is actually going to win this race. <laughs> yeah, absolute madness. I mean, you don't see that issue happening. It's very rare, that that headrest thing. 
and the fact that you know it's happening to the race leader as absolute carnage. I was actually trying to find out what the issue was, and they rechanged the. Uh, it was it was it wasn't the fact that it wasn't fitted properly or anything like that they just said that uh, i don't know if they've gone over bumps or anything like that but there is the um i'm going to be really childish here and read a toto wolf quote out which is the ultimate that's what she said michael scott thing uh, because his uh thing was his quote afterwards he said i haven't heard of that problem the knobs that go into the hole are not very large so that was uh, what Toto God. said about uh, yeah, that's the what issue. She said. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, they they ended up changing those knobs to be bigger for the next race, and didn't have the issue again. Great. Moving on. Uh, so <laughs> Hamilton pits uh, a couple of laps after it started to come loose uh, on safety grounds. Uh, at that same time, Vettel was given a ten-second stop and go penalty. For dangerous driving and bearing in mind that is the harshest penalty they can give without black flagging and disqualifying and uh, so the, the the stewards did not deem that a good uh thing for vettel have done uh, to have done behind the first safety car it took quite a while didn't it to get a, a decision from them but that's just a running yeah <laughs> yeah you had the whole because it was so dramatic as well obviously it happened before the red flag so the whole red flag was the drama of everyone going, what what penalty is Vettel going to get? And that there was that whole red flag talk of like, this is huge because essentially it's he's used his car to deliberately crash into his rival to make a point. So mm. people yeah, were expecting was, a very harsh penalty. Yeah, maybe lucky to have gotten away without being disqualified that day. Mm. Uh, but Vettel managed to actually rejoin ahead of Hamilton despite his penalty. So they were P7 and P8 uh, after those two uh, pit stops and the order after all of this chaos is now Daniel Ricciardo leading, uh, Lance Stroll second, Kevin Magnussen third, Esteban Ocon fourth, and Valtteri Bottas, who was a lap <laughs> down at the start, is now in fifth. So Ricciardo and Bottas, who had two of the worst starts to a race, are now both well, Ricciardo's leading and Bottas is making a, a charge through. Uh, and he, in fact, Looking in a great position as well. Yeah, exactly. That's why we were still Mercedes. trying to work out, weren't we? Like Bottas is in a Mercedes. Can he still win this race? Where is he going to finish? And Bottas was making his way through. He actually got up to P3 in the closing stages of the race and was catching Stroll for P2. And we just sat there going, is he going to get him? Is, does he have enough laps? Uh, meanwhile, Hamilton and Vettel uh, were, were both making their way through, as you'd expect. And they got up to P4 and P5. And right towards the run Towards the line on the final laps, Daniel Ricciardo won the race, which just an absolutely ridiculous uh, thing to thing to to say at the from the beginning of that race. Uh, but Bottas just just it's like some sort of F one career mode <coughs> scripted storyline uh, past Stroll uh, on the run to the flag, uh, which was a little bit heartbreaking for Lance, but he still managed to finish P three, didn't he? And that was his first podium. It was yeah, first first podium and. First podium for Williams in a while, and it was, it was the first Canadian on the podium since Jack Villeneuve as well. So, um, yeah, huge, huge thing for Stroll. It was, I, I do wonder, I don't know, don't know how you feel about this. I, you're watching it back, I know there's nothing you can do because essentially Bottas has got a huge slipstream. He's got DRS, he's in a much quicker car. So Lance was a sitting duck. 
I wonder if that was for P3, whether he'd have gone very aggressive. Uh, but the fact that he could fall back and he'd still be on the podium maybe meant that he just thought, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything silly here because we know what the Baku main straight and the speeds they're going down. You don't want to do a, a crazy silly move. But I wonder how desperate he would have been if uh, it's a good, it's it was a good the point. P3 I think for, on the line. I think if it was for P1, we may have seen a little, yeah, very true. a little jerk to the left or something. But as you say, I think there is a lot of common sense that a lot of the drivers would would have that you're really a sitting duck anyway, uh, yeah. no matter what you do in, in that situation. And you can have an almighty crash uh, if you if you make a sudden movement. But yeah, that was uh, that was the Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan 2017 Grand Prix. Uh, it finished Ricardo Bottas stroll Vettel just ahead of Hamilton. For P4, then Ocon, uh, who had that incident, still finished P6. <laughs> uh, K Mag seventh, uh, Carlos Sainz eighth, Fernando Alonso ninth, and Pascal Verlein uh, finished tenth. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty much the greatest example of never give up. And maybe uh, Lewis Hamilton needed to watch this particular race back uh, before saying he was going to uh, give pack up in it all Spain. In, yeah, in Spain. Um, yeah, because. On lap six, if you look at the results from lap six, uh, Ricardo's in 17th and Bottas is a lap down in last and they finished first and second. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, there you go. That's a bit of a reflection from five years ago. Tommy, final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, I guess I guess this race turned... like It's good. It's, going to be a modern classic there's so many incidents uh, so many memorable moments from just this one race and then the fact that 2018 was absolutely epic as well the year later it just i don't know a circuit that has changed from absolutely hated to fan favorite in three years um mm. you you get you go to baku now expecting an insane race and it's disappointing if you know, you could even argue that last year is quite tame for a Baku race and it was still pretty dramatic, to say the least. So, um, yeah, you just expect carnage at Baku. So, uh, obviously, hoping for safe carnage because it is, in my opinion, a very sketchy circuit still. Um, but, yeah, here's hoping for another another banger this year, this weekend. Another banger, safer tyres. Uh, of course, Verstappen oh, had that yeah. big crash down the straight. I think Rosberg was talking about how horrendous that could have been had he gone left rather than right, because, of course, the pit entry is there. Um, I agree. It is a quite a, still a sketchy track, um, but I think, you know, they're, they're not going to do, but they can't really change a huge amount on that on that straight, really. Um, so it's uh, it's here to stay. And, and I, have, I have high hopes that it'll be a good race, to be fair, with the, uh, the improvement that they can follow a bit better. Uh, it should allow, on paper, for uh, the cars to be a bit closer coming out of that those final few corners and then on to the, uh, the long straight. So I'm hopeful uh, that this year will be good. Um, I'm fingers crossed for a Charlotte Leclerc win, but you know, I don't <laughs> want to be hearing any, I am stupid team radios uh, this year because I'm that... actually hoping for a great Leclerc Verstappen battle. Cause we're doing a race watch where Leclerc wins. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> That's going to be, me too. yes, we are doing a, a race watch along. Uh, if you haven't heard, uh, we are on Twitch now. 
Uh, so we'll be doing a race watch along for the very first time uh, on, on Sunday, of course. And uh, we'll also be doing qualifying watch along on Twitch uh, as well on Saturday. Uh, so make sure to follow our, our Twitch channel, WTF1 Official, and you'll see us over there lots more uh, over the coming months um for for every pretty much well most sessions uh, you'd have to say tommy and uh, it'll be me myself katie will be joining as well uh, maybe cambridge who's a new addition to the to the, to the wtf1 team and yeah we'll be giving you lots of live reactions and lots of clip worthy things of me telling tommy to jog on probably so. <laughs> yeah and burning gracious onesie when it wins again because <laughs> it's going on this weekend please it must she must have outgrown it by now surely <laughs> right thank you so much Tommy thank you everybody for watching and listening hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion give us a like give us five stars however you're listening and uh, leave us some feedback as well and uh, we'll see you very soon for another That Time When podcast bye bye every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 